You're listening to the WR Podcast, Let Freedom Ring. Simple talk on current events with a little bit of how you would say a punk rock attitude with your host, Will Ramos. When you have no order, there is disorder. When you have no structure, you have destruction. When you have no balance, you have imbalance. Ideas have consequences, sometimes good, sometimes bad, and sometimes catastrophic, like the ideas of Karl Marx. Born in Trier, Germany in 1818, Marx didn't invent communism, but it was on his ideas that Lenin and Stalin built the Soviet Union. Mao built communist China and innumerable other tyrants from the Kims in North Korea to the Castros in Cuba built the communist regimes. Ultimately, those regimes and movements calling themselves Marxists murdered about one million people and enslaved more than one billion. Marx believed that the workers, specifically those who did manual labor, were exploited by capitalists. The people who owned, as Marx put it, the means of production, specifically factories, but who did very little physical labor themselves. Only a workers' revolution, Marx wrote in Das Kapital, could correct this injustice. What would that revolution look like? Marx and his collaborator, Friedrich Engels, spelled it out point by point in the Communist Manifesto. It included the abolition of property and inheritance and the centralization of credit, communication, and transport in the hands of the state, and a lot more along the same lines. In other words, the state owns and controls everything. Now, this notion was widely discussed and debated in European intellectual circles during Marx's lifetime, but nothing much came out of it until Vladimir Lenin took power in Russia in 1917. This changed everything. Despite its repeated economic failures, Lenin's Russia, which became known as the Soviet Union, became the model for dictators around the world. Wherever Marx's ideas were practiced, life got worse, not by a little, but by a lot. There's not a single exception to the rule. Not the Soviet Union, not Eastern Europe, not China, not North Korea, not Vietnam, not Cuba, not Venezuela, not Bolivia, not Zimbabwe. It seems wherever Marxism goes, economic collapse, terror, and famine follow. So, if cataclysmic failure meaning terrible human suffering, is the inevitable legacy of Marxism, why do so many people, and now especially young people, defend it? The most common answer Marxism advocates offer is that they, in quotes, whoever they are, Lenin, Stalin, Chavez, never really practiced Marxism. They all somehow got it wrong. Marxism, as we are told, is at its essence about sharing what we have from each according to his ability, 
to each according to his needs, as Marx puts it. Maybe that sounds good to you, but what does it mean? Who determines ability? And who determines need? And the answer is the state. Under Marxism, that's who has all the power. That's why the truth is this. Marxist dictators like Lenin, Mao, Pol Pot really did get this right. They wanted absolute power. And Marxism gave them the way to get it. Karl Marx never had to face the consequences of his theories. He lived most of his adult life breathing free air in London, England, living off the generosity of his collaborator and patron Engels, who, as it happens, inherited his money from his wealthy merchant father. Now, Marx spent his days in the reading room of the British Museum, researching and writing. And although his obsession with the term scientific, he was never able to marshal data to prove his theories. And there's a good reason for this. There was no data to prove his theories. For all his time in the library, Marx couldn't find any evidence to suggest that capitalism, the free exchange of goods and services through the privately owned businesses, was a passing phase. Throughout the industrial age, working conditions consistently improved and wealth expanded. Marx had to rely on outdated reports to make his case. And even then, he had to manipulate the data to get it to conform to his predetermined theories. But Marx really had no interest in proving his theories. He knew that they could be put into practice only by brute force. He said so himself, in quotes, Of course, in the beginning, communism cannot be affected except by means of despotic inroads, he wrote. His ends could be attained only by the forcible overthrow of, in quotes, all existing social conditions, that's religion, family, personal possessions, freedom, and democracy. They all had to go in order to achieve Marx's vision of an earthly paradise. But since few people give up their liberties and property voluntarily, creating a Marxist state has always required guns, prisons, and summary executions. Marx's many disciples from Lenin on never consider this a problem. Some, like the revolutionary poster boy Che Guevara, considered it a bonus. In quotes, I don't need proof to execute a man, Che is said to have boasted. In quotes, I only need proof that it's necessary to execute him. So if you're still a fan of Marxism, after all the death, all the suffering, and all the destruction it has caused, that's your right. But you have to own up to it. Don't hide behind the line saying it has never been really tried, because it has. And as you can see, 
after all this protesting, rioting, and destruction of our statues and churches, it's not about making a wrong a right. It's about rewriting history, starting from zero. When you have no history, there is no reference. There is no backtracking. There is no evidence. How can you learn from the past? How can you learn from past events if people are so willing to edit and delete history? History is knowledge. And without knowledge, you cannot make history.